Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. We are here recording episode 136, and today will be a quasi-teacher edition episode, but we're also going to make it very relatable to all of our listeners who are not teachers as well. And today we will be talking about empowering students, but also empowering you. So you out there listening, we hope this episode will put some new tools in your toolbox to feel more empowered and uh, grab life by the horns and really succeed at whatever your goals, your passions, and your dreams are. So we've got some lofty expectations for today's episode, but I know with the help of my amazing coworker, Jared, we'll be able to get this done. So without further ado, my buddy Jared, what's going on, Jared? Yes, it starts with you people. Empower yourselves to empower others is what I always say. I like that. I say that all the time. Chad, you know that. <laughs> That's true. It's become Jared's uh, slogan or his motto. Doesn't that That's sound right. like something I always just throw around to people? You know, spread of course. a little love. Uh, you can also spread a little love and follow us on Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast. You can follow uh, Untranslatable Podcast. Are we Now, let me ask you this, Chad. This weekend, now the answer can be no, but that's really going to ruin what I'm doing right now. Can we promise... Or by, by our listeners on Monday. This comes out on Monday. So our listeners listen to this after our fun weekend. Mm-hmm. What sort of fun things did we show them on Instagram that we did this weekend? I'll I tell you what I'm do doing that. this weekend. Okay. I'm going also untranslatable one on Twitter. Spread a little love. Also spread a little spread love. Spread a little five love. Star also spread, spread a little, a little love. love. Yeah. Email us on untranslatablepodcast.gmail.com. Untranslatablepodcast. Uh, .com is our website. This weekend, I can promise on our Instagram and maybe our, our Twitter if I'm feeling friendly, uh, and definitely our Facebook because that's connected to our uh, Instagram, I can promise you that I will, one, go to watch my uh, brother-in-law perform at Rick's in Ann Arbor. Oh, nice. Okay. He is part of a cover band. Now, you might find that on the stories. You also might find me on Sunday at an apple orchard picking apples Drinking cider oh, nice. and eating donuts. Very Michigan, very Michigan-like for fall. It's about I time. Love it. It's sweater weather is officially here, but it's still sort of on the rocks. Today was in the low seventies, high sixties. Okay, sunny, so nice. It once it drops, once it drops below the mid sixties, I'd say it's getting close to. Well, I'm not as classy as Jared people, so for me, it's not sweater weather, but it's hoodie weather. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did wear that one jacket <laughs> I bought in Berlin for the first time. Did you wear uh, it inside out? No. Oh, come on. I know. So for I our know. listeners out there wondering, we were <laughs> perusing around an H&M in Berlin uh, last spring. Last, I think it was what, February or March? Somewhere March. around there. Anyways, and uh, we, I ran across this jacket that had this crazy blue and red and yellow floral pattern but it flips inside out, so it's a reversible jacket. So on the outside, it's this like very nice looking. Yeah, it's a thank you. It's like a bomber jacket, and it's blue. You um, betcha. But if you flip it, then it has this crazy looking lining. You need to you need to bust that out. You know, especially now that is, it's fall. There was no excuse for me not to because I went. I was going out to a bar. Like it's not like I had right. to like. I was not like I was going to work. Right. <laughs> no. Right. I would uh, say I wear will. that to the cover show at Rick's, but I wouldn't. Uh, if you, <laughs> I could. If you, you could, but if you trip and fall, you're going to be stuck to that floor and that jacket's ruined. Uh, I think I've, I'm not going to, I have pretty, I have a good amount of confidence in my, uh, 
in my balance. I was listening to a podcast today with this comedian, (laughs) Casey James Salengo, and he was talking about how whenever he wears like a wild shirt, he loses confidence in himself uh, progressively throughout the day. So he starts the day like, yeah, this is a great shirt. And at about 10 o'clock, he's like, oh, no, I don't know if I should have worn this. And then by like uh, three, you're like, oh, God, everyone's staring at me. (laughs) That's true. That is true. I forget. There was another comedian. I forget who it was. But their but their whole their whole like bit and their punchline was he was like, I wish I was as confident as a person as I was when I go into that hat store and I buy that hat. Because that's <laughs> but it's like the kind same of the thing. exact same concept. You're yeah. just like, this is a great idea, and then you're like, I mean, when am I gonna wear? I have so many clothes like that. I mean, I guess that jacket's the example where it's like, this right. is gonna be so cool. I'm gonna rock this and look so cool. But then you're like looking for that perfect uh, moment that doesn't exist and you're like this is too flashy for this this is too much for this everyone's gonna look at me then you end up never wearing it that's true honestly that's how it took me a long time to wear that austrian blazer you gave me because i'm like i love this thing but it's just like i know i'm gonna get comments on it that's the thing you know yeah and they're all great comments Right, but it's just like I know I'm gonna have to prepare for that, and I don't like compliments and shit. It makes me uncomfortable. That's fair, but you you wear it with style. You can rock that Austrian jacket. I'm glad it did feel good the first time I brought it out, and I brought it out for the first time like a year ago. And right, and And it it is Oktoberfest season, Jared. So now is the time to to rock it. I'll bring it out. I'll bring it out. There we go. There we go. Um, Speaking of this weekend, though, Jared and Oktoberfest, I will be heading to Beijing this weekend so i will be doing some fun stuff tonight i get in probably around 6 30 or so and then with the traffic i won't get to my hotel until about 7 7 30 if i'm lucky maybe even eight who knows um but then i'm going to meet up with a couple friends and get some western food there's a really good pizza place so we're going to get some pizza because the pizza here in jinan is it's okay mostly Uh, from what i've yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then at least the place that I go to here, I'm pretty sure the sauce is actually tomato sauce, but I know some places in China oh, right. it is ketchup, not tomato yeah. sauce. Can't be doing that, people. No, um, their ketchup is is like is like your gasoline of crude oil. Or it's like those yeah, right. I guess gasoline comes out of that, but you can't put that in your car and run your car off of what comes straight out of the ground. Right. Exactly. That's what, exactly. <laughs> that's that's um, my terrible analogy. It's a good one. But uh, speaking of Oktoberfest, I know there, is, there will be some Oktoberfest festivities this weekend near where I'll be staying. Um, See, I would like for you to finally have a time where you can let loose a little bit. I feel like you've never really, like you've been, not that you haven't been able to enjoy yourself, but you haven't been able to like go out and sort of enjoy yourself and let loose. Is well, that Jared, what... I- I hate to I hate to burst your bubble, but the last time I was in Beijing, I did let loose a little bit. Oh, little you bit. did. Oh, that makes me happy. That yeah. makes me happy. Yeah, a little bit. I was with a couple other English uh, language fellows, and we went to a bar, this really cool bar that I'm actually hoping to go back to so I can let loose a little bit, and we ended up hitting the dance floor, and it was a lot of fun. Oh, Had a yes. couple of cocktails, hit the dance floor. It was a good time. Do you... Um is is Beijing going to turn into a similar situation that Prague turned into when you were in Homotov? Where like it, people it are like, oh, there be. again, huh? It could be, yeah. It very well could be. Um, and it's about I the think same the, distance, isn't it? Or same time? Actually, yeah. Distance. Same time. It's yeah. pretty much exactly. Yeah. Well, it takes me a little longer because I have to take a cab to get to the train station in mm. the Czech Republic. I had a five ten minute walk to the right. bus stop, right which was great. 
which was awesome. But uh, it, it could be. Um, plus, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, whenever I want something a bit more Western, Beijing is where I would go. Shanghai would right. be another good alternative, but that's a three-hour train ride, which still for China is not too bad. Um, and for you, making friends with locals is an extra challenge. Extra challenge. Absolutely. Extra challenge, excuse me. Yeah. I've made a couple new friends, though. Uh, I was walking to class the other day, and uh, because I am a bearded white Westerner in China, I no. stick out like a sore thumb. And uh, I was you standing at the crosswalk. I had my headphones in. And uh, this, this woman started talking to me. And she said, oh, are you a professor here? And I was walking on the way to my campus. And uh, turns out she's a statistics professor at the university mm. and speaks really good English. And so we had a nice conversation. And uh, so made, made a new friend there. And then I was walking around uh, the other day where I like go to like get food and that ice cream place that check out our Instagram uh, if you want to see some amazing looking neon pink and blue uh, cotton candy colored blue ice yes. cream that's delicious. Um, but I was walking around there and just kind of looking around and trying to read some of the signs and, and try to figure out what some of the characters might mean because I've seen some of them now. Like I kind of know what the character for rice is because when I go to like restaurants, you know, I know which dishes right, come with everywhere. rice. Yep. Um, and so, so I was looking around and I was trying to make heads and tails of these uh, Chinese characters that were, you know, signs of different food places. And uh, this, this other girl stopped me and uh, said, you know, oh, do you need help? And we started talking and stuff. And so she's a student, uh, I forget which university, but she's an English major. Um, so, so we were talking for a bit and she was really nice. So oh, I do need go. to meet some more dude friends, though, uh, which right. would be good. Right, but yeah. Speaking of uh, things in That's China, though, Jared, hard. I'm excited can, for some. I'm excited for what's coming up right now, Chad. Yes. Uh, so one, uh, one, I'm excited because I like hearing these questions, but I'm also excited because mm -hmm. I feel like sort of since you've been in uh, Czech Republic, I've felt like felt like sort of your like American consigliere, you know, like right. <laughs> you are. That's like, a great listen, word for it too. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm the spokesperson for America here at my university. So I, I, I need some assistance with this. I can't do this by myself. That's it's right. Too much That's pressure. Right. Exactly. So I have some questions from my students from our English corner, which is like an English conversation hour we have every week. And every week I end the English conversation hour with questions. One, because I'm always curious what my students are thinking. And it, it opens up a good time. You know, I might be the first American they've ever been in contact with and can ask these questions. So I'm kind of surprised that you always have questions, too. Well, so I give them time. I always, I always end it with ask. I tell them, ask me whatever you want. Write it down. I have the pieces of paper here with right. me. I mean, write I'm surprised every every like language table thing they come prepared with, or not prepared, but they have like questions that they're curious about. You know, I feel oh, like after very, like the, they're very curious. After like the second one, I'd be like, I'm, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what else to ask. You know, you got to think outside up. the box, Jared. Got to think outside <laughs> the box. You and you're a good person that. You always come with really great questions, so I find it interesting that you say that. I mean, um, I guess it's helped that I've been doing a podcast with you for over a year, but that's in general, uh, I don't know if I... <laughs> that's fair. Now, I think we may have answered this one a couple episodes ago, but I got the question again. Uh, it could have been from a different student, but um, I think this is a, a still a good one to talk about. Uh, so what do you recommend for good U.S. Uh, television programs to watch mm. to learn English? I think we got music before. We definitely, I get music every week. I mean, um, the obvious is something like Friends, you know? 
Yeah. Like that that's sort of the obvious. Good thing to watch. To A lot of people about. here do like the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. That's that makes sense. One. Although that's the most one of the most popular shows in here too. Right. Although that one, I think there's a lot of vocab that would be kind of difficult. A lot of difficult and not useful vocab. You know, like they talk a lot about science nerd or like or like video game nerd, like all like Mm -hmm. a lot of nerd stuff. And Star Trek as well. Right. 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 It's like okay, well, they're speaking Klingon now. Does that help you learn English? (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Who knows? Um, Maybe it does. Who knows? (laughs) What's a like a current good show? I feel like reality shows are good. You know. Yeah, they can be for sure. I'm not a fan um, of them personally, but they definitely can be. I'm not be. either. Let's just be clear. But I feel uh, like they're good because right. that's the most normal, like, current sort of conversation mm. style. Like, even Friends, which is very good because they have sort of natural conversation. <laughs> uh, those were air quotes. That was the pause for everyone yeah. listening to yeah. us, which is more than the people watching us. Um, air quotes around natural conversation. But, like, um, it is, like, at this point, you know, almost 30 years old also. So right. it's like, oh God, how so relevant old. is that? I know it's crazy to right. say that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I, feel I like think you, it's still very relevant, though. My favorite show nowadays, besides for Formula One, which is great if you want to mm. learn about uh, people like uh, Lewis Hamilton or Max Verstappen. My favorite show these days is The Good Place. Have you heard of that show? I love The Good Place. Do you really? Absolutely love One of my The co- Good Place. Two of my coworkers told me about it, and me and my girlfriend just started watching it about two or three weeks ago and we you know the first night we're like all right let's watch an episode see if we like this we watch five episodes in one night and we're hooked now too we love it it's, it's great, great. I'm, and so i'm still I'm like almost done with the last first season, season but i'm, I'm okay. almost done with the first season because i just started but i right. love it it's great I'll, and I, I that's relevant for you and yeah. i think it's 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 clever but it's also you know like uh not overly clever like it's not clever like right. big bang theory where it's like it, oh, like they try too hard to be clever Right, right. And it's it's funny, it's entertaining. Yeah, Good Place is good. And it's also good because it's a clear kind of explanation of like good and bad. I think that's also mm-hmm. good. Like it's a, it's a very sort of simple, sim- simple to understand concept, I right. think as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another one, um, well, that could be a little controversial, but I, I love the show is The Office. Yeah, that's good too. And, and, and it's that also one's slightly realistic in the sense that these people are theoretically co-workers. Right. And I think The Office is good because through the character of Michael Scott, it shows you what you should not do. Yes. Yes. That's very true. For sure. But that's also um, kind of like The Good Place with right, Eleanor. That's true. It kind of shows that is, you. Like, that's true. What the fork, Jared? <laughs> you know, one of my coworkers in the meeting the other day said, if we were to do this, it would be a cluster fork. And I was just like, nice. Oh, yes. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. What is this uh, but yeah, shirt? That would be my recommendation. Uh, cluster, f- uh, cl- good, the good place. <laughs> <laughs> cluster four show. Cluster the new fork. show on NB- NBC. <laughs> yeah, uh, those are some good ones. Though. I'll, I'll recommend some of those. Speaking of shows, though, another one. Uh, I had a student ask me, "Have the Simpsons ended?" Which is is not is not true. It hasn't ended. No, but I think and it's then they- lost its 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 like it's no longer in its heyday. I would say. I think a lot of people would say that, uh, and then they and then they follow up by saying, "How many seasons does it have?" It's somewhere in the 30s. I'm pretty sure. It's um, got to be in the 30s. Would be my guess. While Jared's looking that up, I got another question for you, Jared. Uh, which state is worth visiting in the USA? Obviously, my knee-jerk reaction to this one is obviously Michigan. Being from Michigan, yeah, missing but, Michigan a little bit. Uh, definitely Michigan for me. I would say also Montana. I loved out west. 31 seasons. 
31. There we go. Okay. And so they're still going strong. Visiting. They season are. Four, episode four of season 31. Oops. Nice. Uh, very cool. So, yeah, I would say Michigan, for me, it would be, if I could give you my top five, not in any order, it would be Michigan, oh, Montana, Colorado, California, and the fifth one. Um, Montana. Love Montana. Love Montana. I mean, it's a Last, beautiful place, but it's a tough place to, to like, one, they'd have to rent a car. Two, it's a tough true. place to sort of a, a soak in culture. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. I think you go to some of these mountain towns, you get a really interesting vibe of mix Western of white people. American culture. <laughs> a fun mix of whites. Okay. I mean, I and guess if you're last, in China, you're My last one <laughs> to appease Jared, even though I've never been there, would probably be New York. Okay. Just because there you can really well, get a hodgepodge of all sorts of American New culture. New York's an obvious choice, but I'll say this. I think from your list... Including New York, my favorite option that you mm-hmm. said is Colorado. I think Denver okay. gives you a great mix of sort of like real America um, okay. and sort of real people. Like New York is real America, real people, but it's such sure. a hodgepodge of people. And I think it's almost a co- cultural overload in a great way. But if okay. you're trying to like soak in American culture, it's you can't go back to you know China and be like, oh, I know just what America's like because you've been in New York. But I think if you want right. to just soak in culture such as food or uh just as mm. many different sort of styles of america I, I, it gives you the broadest music art i think it gives you the broadest view of america but i think yeah I'd, my I'd favorite choice from your list would be denver i think that's a great city it's both commutable commutable by uh sort of public transportation um you could also rent a car and see the mountains and right. i think that's a great combination that would be my choice denver colorado nice so, Jared, what is your ideal life going to look like when you are 70 years old, if the world still exists? Um, Trump's still going to be president. That's just the reality of things. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Don't joke about that. That shit could happen. Um, uh, so at that point, he's going to be supreme overlord. Um, right. No. Um, you know, at I that think point, it's... he's going to be a head in a jar like in Futurama. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. Because when we're 70, he won't be alive. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, I look forward to... No, okay. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I, I think it's sort of like, as sad as this sounds, I think it's sort of like that typical American dream. I picture myself hopefully no longer working, but hopefully right. I have enough of a um, retirement fund or savings fund mm-hmm. where I can live comfortably. Oh, What's comfortably. comfortably for you, Jared? Comfortably would be... Three houses. There we go. Balling out. I like it already. But, 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 but hold on. Let me be clear. I'm not, I'm not just, I'm not, I'm not, not three island houses. Three houses, but I'm renting out, renting them out. Maybe one of them's okay. an Airbnb. And so I can go to it sometimes if it's in a fun location. Maybe the other one's like there just like a legitimate like house that I own. And I rent it out to a family or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I have my own home that I live in the majority of the time. I'm retired. I can live comfortably. I can eat out when I want, but I'm not going to live extravagantly. I'm not trying to buy Ferraris right. and Lamborghinis, but I, I right. might have a Porsche. Uh, <laughs> there listen. you go. Okay. Um, and um, I would like to still, I would like, you know, I, who knows what technology is going to be like at that point, but hopefully I'm not working, but we could be do some, you and I could be doing something like this. Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. just not be doing anything, you know? Right. But if we could actually do this to the point where um, 
it's more than just a hobby, but not something that I rely on to support me. I mean, that'd be cool too, but like, I don't right. need it to be something I rely on, you know, as for mm-hmm. income. But it, if, if it could be like a fun side income job, hey, by the way, yeah, spread a little love. Five star reviews on uh, iTunes and Stitcher. That's right. <laughs> That's, That's how our I see only type of 70. payment right now is five star reviews. Um, yeah, living yes. somewhere where it, it's also, I like to live someplace, maybe like uh, Denver or something like that. That would be cool too, where it does get snow, but also it's not like crazy. I don't know. There we go. So I, I would agree with that. It'd be great to have a couple different places, uh, like houses or properties in different spots. Um, I would like one somewhere near Ann Arbor, Michigan, or Lansing, Michigan, either or. Really? Because um, that's close. Yeah. Because that'd be close enough. Ann Arbor would be very close to my, well, Okay, look, if I'm 70, my parents are gone. Okay, so probably... Actually, you know what? Actually, you know what? If I'm 70, I might want to play somewhere near Detroit. Because I think in by the time we're 70, Detroit's Detroit going to be, be an awesome, awesome city. Um, I would also like uh, a house in Red Lodge, Montana. That's where I have a lot of uh, relatives. They have properties over there. Um, so like my cousins and stuff, I love it out there. It's beautiful. I'd like a place, if I was really balling out, I'd love to have a place somewhere in Germany, Austria, or the Czech Republic as well. Uh, other than that, I like obviously... Austria. Like in, in right. one of the outer uh, districts of, of um, Austria, so it can, you can have some space, but you can also you get go, to the you city. You want to go on a place in Austria once we, once we get making some let's money? Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. All right, let's or do it. Or we could just be neighbors and have our own place. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be cool too. Maybe we should go these first, rent that place out, get yeah, some well, money yeah, from that. I mean, then I, I'm looking well, at the end picture. You're starting, right, yeah, right. You're more, a little more realistic. Right. The other <laughs> thing that I would like to have... Uh, in any of these uh, places would be obviously an even crazier collection of guitars. Like mm-hmm. there's still a couple different types of guitars I'd like and a recording studio. I think it would be awesome. And not only a recording studio, but like a room where you could have like epic jam sessions. So like a room with like right. everything you need to jam already there. So you don't have to even bring anything. So like yeah. a nice keyboard, uh, a really nice like maybe upright piano, uh, a drum set for sure. Four or five right, microphones. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. But moving on, I want to get to a couple more of these questions. <laughs> Let me uh, dream These are good questions. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, all right. Uh, which out of all the places you've traveled to, Jared, and this one I couldn't answer because, well, we were running out of time and I needed to think about it. But out of all the places you visited, Jared, which country impressed you the most and why? Have you thought about it since then? I have since then, yeah. Now, I have an easy answer. Vienna, I did not expect yep. it. I, like, I knew of Vienna. I didn't realize the powerhouse of a city it was until I really mm-hmm. spent time there. But right. that's the easy answer. My a, a one also that I'd have is Morocco. Marrakesh, Morocco. Okay. It's and why? a bustling city, but like, but like nothing I've ever seen before. Like, like... The bazaar area where they do, or, you know, a lot of uh, markets where they sell food and clothes and everything. Like I've I've never mm-hmm. seen that style of commerce so bustling. Obviously, I've seen big cities like New York or Berlin where there's a lot of big fancy stores and those are bustling, but I've never seen that level of um, of activity and that style of uh, of of um, setting essentially and also, that was the f- oh, first gotcha. time that too actually and that was the first time i've also experienced um a cuisine that was very different other than that it had been uh 
America and Europe, which is, okay. I'm not going to say they're similar, but they're more similar they than are something similar. that's happening in Morocco. They're, it's Western, more Western style yes, culture. exactly. Yeah. Well, buddy, come to China sometime. You'll, you'll get your mind blown, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you. I, uh, I'm, I believe that 100%. Right. Uh, for me, I mean, yeah, the easy answer for me is like Vienna, Austria, or Austria and Czech Republic, obviously. Um, and the Czech Republic impressed me, um, one, because of the people. I mean, I just had so many amazing relationships. With, I don't know why I said had, because I still do. <laughs> I have so much uh, you know, relationships I really cherish from there. Um, some of them are people our listeners know from uh, the podcast, especially my buddy David. We're still in contact quite a bit. Um, shout out to and, Ravi. Shout out to uh, Joanna. Shout out to Steve Walsh. Well. Steve Walsh. Yeah. yeah. Actually, Steve contacted me the other day about, uh, he had some questions about teaching, which oh, I was, cool. uh, yeah, flattered. I was very flattered, yeah, that he <laughs> yeah. came to me for questions. Shout so, out. so Steve, if you're listening, we hope your teaching's going well and Blatna as well. Um, yes. And the Czech Republic impressed me too because of the cuisine. I mean, Czech food's very heavy, but it's really tasty. Obviously, the beer and the landscape, mm-hmm. like the, the, the nature there. And now I know why Czech people love nature so much because the nature's so beautiful there. Other than so that, do you think though, you were more mm-hmm. you were more shocked the first time you went to Czech Republic, having seen a lot of other countries already at that point, mm-hmm. versus the first time you went to Germany as like a teenager? I think for me, Germany was just a mind blowing experience culturally. Like it was the first time I'd ha- ever been to a different culture, right? But so it wasn't that's the really most like impressive. Like you weren't the most like impressed by it. I don't think I was observant enough and aware enough that to. Makes sense. Really take all that in at 14. All right, I have two more for you, Jared. Two more. Um, Do you... I love this question, and I cannot wait to answer this one on Wednesday next week. Do you think inner beauty is more important than external beauty? If you could only choose one, what is your choice? (laughs) This seems like a trap. I I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, I mean... Generally speaking, outer beauty is what gets you in the door. Inner beauty is what keeps you there, you know? Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to have that initial attraction based off of inner beauty, just off of how people meet, especially today, where right. as technological as it is. Mm-hmm. Everyone's um, on Instagram posting them selfies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But I, I would say in, a, in American culture, at least, I can't speak for other countries, outer beauty is, is, a, is a, it's a big business around here. Right. Yeah. I would, I would say, though, for me at least, I would definitely, if I had to choose one, I would rather, I would rather be ugly but beautiful on the inside just because when people Inner do beauty get to know longer. you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'd agree um, with that 100%. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've met some people that, uh, well, because I'm a hetero male, I've met some women that were incredibly beautiful, but then I got to know them and it was just like there was, it was only outer beauty, external Mm -hmm. beauty. And, you know, we didn't have a connection. We didn't have a very good time with each other uh, just because... Not conversation like them as a yeah <laughs> right exactly slipping on gator um, piss. <laughs> all right and sorry Jared I do have one more no that's um, okay and I and I want I want you to answer this one for me so put yourself in my shoes here uh, because you're in okay. America so you, so you mm-hmm. can't answer this one um, well I guess you, maybe you could anyways uh, what is it about America that you miss the most ah I see 
Um, I mean, the obvious answer Other is than it. you. <laughs> All right. The second obvious answer is internet. Okay. Internet um, freedom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you miss the most? I think it seems like my guess for you would be friends. Because okay. without the friends, you don't really have like like it seems like you at least my opinion on your on your time there it seems like you've been like you haven't really gone out as much as you would in any other place that you've been you know that's you true haven't really ex- ex- experienced nightlife as much as I've ever seen you do and it right. seems like you probably miss most the the knowledge or the or the free not even freedom because you're allowed to do it but just like the confidence or whatever it is to just go out and explore especially on your own because even in czech republic like mm-hmm. you had no problem just being like let's see what's happening in these bars in homotov tonight you know right but you oh, you're not willing to yeah. do that right now right well some of it has to do with the fact that where i live there i think there's only two or three bars mm-hmm. and i've walked by them and maybe they don't pick up until way later but when i've walked by them you were on 9 30 or 10 there's like nobody in there um, okay so that's that's not a great sign. Regardless of the reason, I'll, though, that would be my answer right. for you. Okay, I think that's a good answer. Um, yeah, I mean the obvious the obvious answer is friends and family, right? right. I mean, or at least that's the answer you should say. <laughs> um, I I would say the other thing that I really miss the most, though, too, is um, I don't know. There's just something different about the U.S. Like it's to me, to me, it just seems more open. Like it seems more accessible. But I think mm-hmm. that has to do with the fact that I don't speak Chinese. Right. I don't have access to a car. Um, I don't fully understand Chinese culture. Uh, so I think that's probably why. Yeah. Um, you still kind of feel like you're almost experience. walking on eggshells a little bit. You're like, I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to do the wrong exactly. thing. Exactly. Uh, very true. Well, Jared, my last question came from a student about... Uh, sorry, there's always one more and one more and one more, isn't there? <laughs> That's okay. Um, my last question is, um, what are your thoughts about what's been going on with the scandal with the NBA? Um, and I'm going to be honest with you. When my student uh, asked me this question, I wasn't really sure because in China, I don't see a lot of news, what's going on. So I'm mm-hmm. out of the loop there. And uh, But I also, you sent me a link as well to... Uh, South Park had done an episode kind of poking fun or criticizing China and China, compl- I don't know if they wiped that episode off the internet or if they blocked all of, all it, of South Park. South Park. Okay. Yeah. It's gone. Doesn't yep. exist in China. Okay. Nope. Interesting. South who? South China. <laughs> South what? <laughs> right. 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 Uh, yeah. And it started with the NBA thing, which let me just give a quick background of it. So it's just for people. So, um, it, it started with, uh, and I figured out who it was. It was general manager of the Houston Rockets, uh, Daryl okay. Morey. Uh, he uh, he um, declared, I guess, support for um, Hong Kong's pro-democracy pro- protesters. And obviously, mm-hmm. uh, well, not obviously, China is big business, or excuse me, mm-hmm. the NBA is big business in China. And from Huge what I've business. heard, this word on the street is, I don't know if this is true, but I I assume it is, is that they do make more money in China than they, than they do in the U.S. at this point. And um, China, obviously, does not agree with uh, people saying they support Hong Kong. And so mm-hmm. China as a country and as people are sort of in a tough spot because uh, uh, the NBA brings in a lot of business and people love it. But mm-hmm. they don't want, you know, they don't want people 
that support China publicly supporting Hong Kong as well. And um, so that's been, and I've also heard here in the U.S. um, recently, I know in Philadelphia at a a 76ers game, and I know it it might have happened somewhere else too, people have been getting uh, kicked out of basketball games for waving support for uh, like like signs that are supporting Hong really? Kong. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And so it's 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 I, I think the NBA is conflicted because it's like one they've, they they're sort of known for letting people speak more right. than any other sport. Right. And also um but all, but on the other hand, you know, obviously they make a money a lot of money off of China. So it's right. like we want to please sure. China, but we also aren't, we don't want to come off as some sort of group that's just like saying no, you can't talk about this, or no, you can't support this because us as Americans, we're like we're in a free country. We can support whoever we want. You know, we don't understand right. the sort of no, you right. can't. Like people mm-hmm. here support Nazis. <laughs> you know, or it's like unfortunately you yes, can support whatever Nazis you want here. Right, and um, right. it's no it's matter been how. A, crazy or or good or bad that is yeah and, and i think sorry i had my computer's about to run on the battery i think it's both a challenge for the nba and china on how do we handle this because it's big money for both of them right right and and it is crazy i mean the amount of students i have that wear nba jerseys a lot of steph mm-hmm. curry jerseys uh, lebron james we're, couple lakers lebron james jerseys i see more steph curry than i do lebron wow interesting if i had if i had a dollar for every person i see walking around in jordans i could buy you a house here in china jared no problem (laughs) um probably here in detroit too let's be honest right right um so yeah and and it it's huge business and the the thing is in china is you don't criticize china in general you don't criticize the government um and Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to get any of your students arrested, <laughs> but ha- has there been conversation about it in your classroom? Like, are they willing to talk about how they feel about it? I haven't asked them about it. This would be something that we would talk about probably in English corner, not in the classroom, just because I have so right. much stuff I have to cover. Um, I tend to just steer clear of anything related to that could be seen as like controversial. Charged. Right. Um, Right. And, and the, the other thing is, too, is that I'm sure some of my students probably are against the backlash, maybe. Um, but I'm not really sure. If they'll say it's really it. hard to say. But even if they are against it, will they say it? That's the thing. Probably not. Right. Probably not. Which I understand. Uh, I'm not I'm not faulting right. them. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, I do, too. But yeah, I mean, I guess my only question is it's like. When it comes to the South Park thing, so South Park had an episode recently where they made fun of, so uh, where they made fun of um, sort of China's uh, what censorship. Do you, what do you, censorship, right? yes, yeah. And mm-hmm. so China's response was, you know, censoring South Park, and, um, and 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 you know now people in China no longer have access to South Park. I, I guess just me as the American, I just don't understand how that is helpful. You know, where it's like it's almost like I, I have. I have family from from the south, and they always talk about how, like, as kids, like their parents sheltered them to the point where it mm-hmm. hurt them. You know, like they didn't talk right. about anything. You know, they you know, girls didn't know about peri- about their periods, and they were sixteen right. or seventeen having them or whatever. And it's right. like, yeah, that's bad. That's helping that's no one. You know, right? And it's like you right. could still have your. In my mind, you could still have your views 
and denounce what they're saying, but like make like help yourself by showing people and then maybe somehow I don't know how, but being like, yeah, we don't support this BS. Watch right. this. Look at this BS that the Americans are doing. How? What idiots? You know, something like that. Right. Right. Well, I think here it's just a different. Well, one, there's this idea of face, right? And so face is kind of your outwards reputation. And if you criticize uh, or make fun of, that's very damaging to face here mm-hmm. in in China. Um, so that's that's one. Another thing too is that. Um, it's like, how dare you make fun of us kind of thing. Right, right. It's disrespectful. It's, right. you know, and, and as Americans, we love laughing at ourselves and making fun of each other. I mean, that's like um, one of our biggest part of forms our of flattery in the U.S. Right. Is making fun exactly. of someone. Exactly. Um, but, well, I had a student ask me, what are my thoughts on, on like, all the censorship on the Internet? And, and my answer was, you know, I didn't want to get political. I didn't want to right. talk about the government. Um, but what I told him is I said, the, the only my, my thoughts are obviously for me as a Westerner, you know, it, it's frustrating for me at times because it's difficult for me to communicate with some of my friends. Right. Like if you don't You're have an iPhone, if you don't have an email or a WeChat, which like most people have one of those three. Um, I mean, no I one in the so, U.S. has WeChat, though. Right. I do have a couple ride or die friends. My buddy David downloaded WeChat. I downloaded um, it. I've just, just never signed up for it. It's not my That's phone. That's fair. <laughs> right. Right. Um, no, but David, yeah, you're not so, better than me. Why is your old stuff? <laughs> <laughs> but the, the thing is, is that um, what I tried to explain to them was, you know, obviously for me as a Westerner, it's more difficult for me to communicate with some, huh, some of my friends. But the other thing is, is that it's limiting them to a lot of information. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I could care less about the entertainment. Like, yeah, the entertainment's great. You know, being able to watch certain television shows, it's too bad that they don't have access to those. Right. But there are academic materials that they don't have access to here in China because of some censorship and different stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, that, so that's, I, think, that's I think that's a shame. When you put it that way, that's definitely more mm-hmm. dangerous than not being able to watch the latest South Park episode. Exactly, exactly. Um, and... And from my understanding of Chinese education is that a lot of students, I could be wrong about this, but I've, I've read and been told that a lot of students have difficulty in China uh, with critical thinking. And, and, you know, from what I've learned about Chinese education so far is it's a lot of, uh, it's like more of a Socratic method where the teachers will lecture, the students take notes. Yeah, it is what There's it is and we're telling you what it is. Right. And so obviously, if that's how you learn, you're not going to develop those critical thinking skills. And then you're not, not taught being to able ask to access questions, you're not taught to right. like dispute something. And I will tell you this, Jared, my students do not really ask me questions um, because I think this comes back to the idea of face mm-hmm. of if they ask me a question, it means they don't know the material, which right. means that they are inferior to their peers. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Um, that's that's a big thing. So that was an interesting discussion, though, but I had to tread lightly because, right. um, you know, I don't want to... One, I don't want to get fired and lose my job. I love it here. I'm very happy teaching here. Um, and it's not my place to, to give them political opinions. You know, I'm their English teacher. I'm not their po- po- you know political science teacher. I'm not an expert on politics anyways, mm. so I don't feel it's my place in general to even talk about politics um, the only thing I've talked about regarding politics is students have asked me uh, opinions about American politics, which I am allowed to talk about. Um, so, 
So yeah, but anyways, enough of that. I think Can you know I, what time it is, Jerry. Yeah. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I do know okay. what time it is. And I'm also looking at our clock, and I want to ask you a question. We've been going, mm -hmm. we're a little long in the tooth, and we've had a lot of great conversation here. Is it okay if I request that we skip shout-outs today? Or can yes. you give one? Yes. Okay, I'll give, one I'll give us one. Okay. I'll give one quick shout-out, and my quick shout-out goes out to Spread Chile, Peru, love. Ecuador, Costa Rica, Honduras, Guatemala, Haiti, the Dominican Republic, and Colombia, who have signed a... Uh, Basically, while well, they have set a goal for 70% renewable energy uh, by 2030. So I think mm, that's great. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Good work to, all, to these nine South uh, American countries. You betcha. It's awesome and a great step towards our future. All right, now, Jared. Now I think you know what time it is. I do know what time it is. I have a great shout out that we'll talk about next episode. And I want to, because I also think it could spur on some good conversation. But Sounds good. We have priorities here at the Untranslatable Podcast. True. You know what that is? Untranslatables, bitch. You better believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was feeling so, it. I was <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get us started today, Jared. I have, because of Oktoberfest going on, I thought it would mm -hmm. only be fair to have a couple German ones today. So, okay. my first one for you is German, and it is, Ich stehe auf dem Schlauch. I stand on the um, Schlauch. I don't know what Schlauch is. Tube. Oh, I stand on the tube. I stand on the tube. Or it's like it's not standing on a high horse, is it? Mm -mm, no. Where it's like you, you're like think you're better than everyone. Is it like a balance kind of thing? Anything related to almost falling or like taking a risk or like a or mm. like not being sure of something? Or it's like you're you're like oh. teeter tottering between two you, options. You, you just you just said it more or less. Not sure of something. There we go. Yeah, basically you say this when you have no idea what's going on. Now, for everyone out there, that's critical thinking right there. I just I, There we go. That's I, I'm true. so proud of myself. I worked that one out. <laughs> My first one is uh, Arabic and it is bat chabdi and it is popped my liver. Well, my knowledge of Arabic countries is most of them are dry, so I don't think this is an alcohol reference. No. Is and is this, this one? I'll clarify. Uh -huh. This is actually from the Gulf. It's a Gulf dialect, so that includes like okay. Kuwait, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Qatar, Iran, UAE, Oman, for example. Is this to be like super excited about something? Actually, it's kind of the opposite. Oh, not the op not the full opposite though. Let me be clear. Okay. So, hmm. you know, we were talking a couple episodes ago about luxury vacations and how it would be cheap if we had just like a uh, 48 of our closest friends to come with us. Right. And um and I and I thought financially that's a great idea, but I also know that someone's going like at least 30 of those people would pop my liver. And it would ruin oh, the just uh, drive you crazy. Sure. Right? Yeah. Or irritate you get on your nerves uh, when you're telling someone how annoyed you are with someone or a situation but yeah that's fair okay drive you crazy oh, nice. you're super annoyed with something yeah okay all right i got another one for you jared that's german it is uh du bist auf dem holzweg you're on the wood away what hold on wood path Oh, oh, that makes that makes yeah. more sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you're yeah okay. You're on the wood path. Is it like you're you're on a good? You're you're like you're going. 
you're on the right path like you you're like you're doing well in life essentially i'd say the opposite oh you're not doing well in life you're on a bad path and things are not going well yeah i would also say you can use this uh to say like basically like no you're wrong oh okay okay you're incorrect mm. you're wrong mm-hmm. oh it's like you're like totally thinking the wrong like what are you ta- thinking essentially right. like you're on right. a wood path you crazy right right okay one more for me norwegian and it's a coca bort e kalen to boil away slat or to boil away or into nothing in the cabbage to boil away nothing in the cabbage to boil away to boil into nothing in the cabbage that's uh, listen okay i'm here to tell you the literal i'm it's not supposed to make right. sense that's the right. point of untranslatables right. i'm trying Very to make true. it make sense <laughs> right um let's see here can you give me a clue like to boil away nothing into the cabbage let's say that's what it is to get um okay so is this like wait is this like to try something and like nothing comes to fruition you son of a bitch all right all right when an idea or plan comes to nothing through waffling which is literally exactly what you just said that was yeah. very impressive chad <laughs> all right i got one last one right for now. you just throwing that out. good you should be <laughs> i got one last one for you though jared before you get too empowered uh this one is chinese okay and uh i'm gonna it doesn't really make sense but i'm gonna That's give the it point, uh, once again of the right. untranslatable so here we go it is uh tan hua luan sui which means literally uh heaven flowers disorder chaos or riot and fall so heaven flowers chaos fall um is it just like like you're overwhelmed um not quite um this one has to do with uh we would oh how would we say this and well they they have they have one untranslatable or phrase we would use in english well what do you know do you know that it's kind of an older phrase but people say you're a blank kathy chatty kathy there we go that's basically what this one is is a chatterbox or mouth like running water i guess is the closest (laughs) that's hilarious that's what they have written here yeah i feel Mm -hmm. like talking a lot is not something that is uh looked upon fondly in china I don't think I think a lot of places it's not looked upon fondly and that's to fair. be honest with you Jared easily myself right <laughs> I, I wish I would talk less to be honest I think sometimes I, dude, I talk too much most of I mean this is one of the greatest things about the podcast where if we're not talking we're not doing the podcast so I feel free to talk as much as I want but that's fair. I come back a from point. a lot of places thinking I could have talked less like that's how I feel like I leave a lot of situations right oh yeah definitely but yeah. I also think that that's not the uh, mentality of someone that's trying to empower themselves. As, you know, for example, I always tell you how I'm afraid to bother people. And it's like, right. that's it's kind of something that you have to break through, you know? Absolutely. Well, and I, and I want to ask you as well, why do you think you're bothering people? Is it because you are asking them to do something for you? Is it because you think you are an, a legit inconvenience to them? What, what do you think yeah, it is? Yeah, I, I think whatever it is I'm asking is an inconvenience and not the most important okay. thing. Or they're not, in, like, where it's like, why would I think this person would help me, you know? Where it's like, okay, 
you know, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I'm a nuisance, you know, or it's, I, I don't know why mm. that is though. Okay. You know, but, I, okay, so we're talking about how to empower students and yourself, right? Mm-hmm. I have yes. two very distinct stories that have come to me in my lifetime where the complete opposite has happened. Oh, cool. Okay. And they're both actually kind of similar, so I'll say them quickly. One of them was I lived in Germany, and we had to write, a, in, our, in my English class, we had to write a descriptive essay about a location or a thing. I had just mm-hmm. been to Philadelphia because uh, my sister was doing college tours, and she went to UPenn in Philadelphia, and I went along with them. And so... Um, my uh, descriptive thing was about Philadelphia, and I thought it was one of the greatest things I might have written to this day. And oh, wow. I had my parents read it, and they're like, um, where did you <laughs> copy it? Like, they literally asked me, where did you get this from? Wow. Like, they're like, where okay. did you, like, you obviously don't write this, where did you get this from? And it was like, the one good thing I do, and it really bummed me out. And I have another one similar to that. It was when I was in college, I wrote a paper about black exploitation. It was an ethnic studies sort of final essay paper. I remember paper. you telling me about that. Yeah, it was ex- kind of a uh-huh. similar thing. I, I just asked my mom or my parents, I'm not going to specify which one, to... Um, <laughs> <laughs> they do listen to, to this. To proofread it. And uh, they proofread it. They're like, this is great. It, it, but you know that teachers now have software to figure out if stuff is oh, plagiarized no, or not. they thought you plagiarized again. And I'm like, yeah, wow. I know they have that. What, is it, what does that do with anything? And they're like, you know, just right. you know, making sure if you want to change any... I was like, no, I wrote this. <laughs> like, right. And it's like, those were two moments in my life where I remember like specifically being like, why do I even like try to do my best here? Right. It's just like, you don't even believe that I did it, you know? Right, right. And um, I think it's easier to take that route than it is to empower people though in their defense i think it's easy to to be critical especially when you want Mm -hmm. someone to do their best sure and uh like you almost feel like maybe you're empowering them someone through being overly critical by trying to get them to bring out the best in them right and i think that that's a common sort of miss like a misstep in trying to empower people well, I think it depends on what your belief is of how how you yourself are empowered. Some people are very motivated by the haters and the naysayers and the people giving them negative criticism. You know, I think I am too, but I don't think it's healthy motivation. Like, I think it's that mo- okay. the motivation I get from that is wanting to, like, beat people, wanting to squash sure. people. That seems right. to be the motivation I get from that. Right. Right. That's yeah, you're right. It comes from a different place. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come from you want to do good because you want the best for yourself. It's I'm going to show these people. You're right. right. You're right. A hundred percent. Well, yeah. So, so we are talking about empowering students and yourself. And I think one thing at least that I try to do as a teacher with my students to empower them is um, I try to give them a lot of encouragement, praise, and I try to, whenever possible, use them as positive examples in my class. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes you, when I give... C- what do you consider a positive example? I don't think I even fully know what that means. If a student really answers a question very clearly, you know, I'll say oh, okay. that that is how you answer a question right there. Will you... Or, um, mm-hmm. Something I liked as a kid. Will you piggyback off of the student's example and like use it as an example for yourself? I think when you take on their example and sort of like run with it, mm-hmm. it it's also very empowering. We'll be like, oh, that's a great, I didn't think about it that way. Maybe, uh, Absolutely. you know, if we were to do this and that and whatever it is you're teaching about. I, your- I, do, I do try to do that as much as possible. It's a little difficult for the class I teach right now because it's a very content-based course on teaching mm-hmm. methodology. It's a big class. 
Yeah. So it's, and I have over 40 students in every one of my classes. So it's, it's They're difficult to do that. There's a lot of also things very making true. it difficult. <laughs> right. Right. But I think um, that's a challenge for you that, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I assume, sorry, I'm playing with my sandals and it's knocking. Anyway, I imagine you <laughs> want to, um, like that's something that you would like to figure out. Like it's a challenge yeah. for you. We're, How we're can I get these people to, to be more excited or more or seem more excited to right. be more empowered to speak up? And maybe after this semester, we should do an episode on that because hopefully by the end of the semester, I'll have some good things and good tips. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but today we're talking about or not. And, that would be interesting too. <laughs> right, right, um, right. The, the other thing is too is I try to, and I've done this with my classes this week, is I try to give the students um, more responsibility and also more independence in what we do in class. So mm-hmm. I did an activity this week. It's called a jigsaw activity. And a jigsaw activity is basically where the teacher acts more as a facilitator and not a traditional teacher. And the students teach each other. Um, and, and I saw just by the look of my students' faces, seeing them interact with each other, I think they learn the material much more thoroughly than if I would have just lectured them. Because one, they had to teach it to each other. And Mm -hmm. they're probably also a little more comfortable in those situations than like speaking out in front of a big class. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing, though, is I think that gives students a lot of confidence. Because when Mm -hmm. you just force students to speak in front of class, it's awkward. Their peers are all staring at them. But when you have them do smaller group work, um, they, I think, begin to feel a lot more confident, more empowered. And they have more opportunities to talk to their peers, which I think is also important when the times that I felt most empowered in life is not when I've suggested a good idea, but when someone suggested an idea to me, I learn from it. And maybe I even give them feedback that helps them improve that idea even more. Yeah. That and to me is incredibly empowering. It. Exactly. Like that's you said with the, the example. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing that happens for me in the corporate world too. Like not, let's be clear, it doesn't happen a lot. I'm not often giving people advice and, and then seeing it turn out amazing. But I mean, just right. like when those, when that not does yet. happen. <laughs> it has happened though, let's be clear. Right, right. God damn it. <laughs> uh, when, <laughs> when it does happen though, it does feel good to like, you know, for you to, and once again though, it goes along with what I was asking before about um, using people's, you know, what people bring up in, in class as your sort of mm-hmm. muse for the next topic or whatever. It feels good to do something like that in an office setting too, where it's like, oh, how about, have you tried this? And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, you see them presenting it. And it's like, oh, that's crazy. They have that up there because right. I mentioned that that might be a good idea. Right. Yeah. And I think that makes everybody feel more empowered. Mm-hmm. Um, at least the person giving the idea and the idea receiver. Right. Another thing that I think is really important for empowerment as a student and in general life as well is. Um, knowing that your voice is heard. No one, no one likes to talk to deaf ears. So having your voice be heard um, and also being a good listener to others, I think really empowers others. Asking questions, engaging with them. Um, you know, I, I'll tell you probably the biggest takeaway I got, I went to Germany last year uh, when I was on the job hunt. And my biggest takeaway from teaching all these more conversation-based classes, and when I say conversation-based, I mean we literally sat on couches and talked for an hour and a half to two hours. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was very different than any other lesson I had taught. There was no textbook. There was no, no materials really at all besides like a little whiteboard where you could write vocab words on. Um, And to me, the biggest takeaway from that experience was be interested. And when you're interested, I think others 
really feel that they have a voice. Yes. Um, and I would say in so many ways, it's better to be interested than be interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's what I always, like, always try to tell myself before I go out and hang out with anyone or bef- when I used to go out on dates or stuff like that, where it's like, mm-hmm. don't try to be interesting. Try to get as much as the interesting stuff out of the other person. Now, l- let me clear. Absolutely. Most times I failed miserably. But that was what I... <laughs> that, that was in my head. I think you're being too hard on yourself. But <laughs> That was in my head yeah. when I went into the situation. And then I got right. all nervous and I just uh, chatter. Anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I think that's... That, but it's hard, right? Like, it's easier said than done. Like, these are the of things course. that you'd like to do. Of course. Absolutely. Uh, but how often How often do you see it working out that way versus not? Now, maybe I'm cynical and I'm like, you know, 10% of the time it works out the way you hope through empowerment. You get to see that. And most of the time you're just right. like, like, as a teacher, especially, you have to be mm-hmm. okay with not getting that sort of feedback or response you hope for. Of course, but I think that I think the fact that you try in itself is also a bit empowering. Like mm. this was the for first you, time not I've for done the students, you mean? R- right. Right. Okay. But but for the students too, I think if you can try to share the mindset that it's better for them to try and fail than not try at all. And in my class at least in terms of failure, right now, I mean we're we're only 5 6 weeks into the semester. So, for now the only really failure that happens is them not really participating in class. Like no Mm -hmm. one is failing my class right now in terms of grades. Um, And so if you can, I try to tell my students that my class participate um, in the first couple weeks. I mean, they just, I would have to call on them now it's getting much better, but I've also changed around my classroom a lot because I hadn't anticipated such a large class. Mm. I now have a lot more group discussion. I go amongst the groups, which is also my next tip for teachers out there to empower your students is um, work with the students. Don't lecture at them, work with them. So have them do small groups, have them do pair work and go around and talk to them. And I and I can tell and after I talk to the students. Sometimes right. you don't even have to say anything. Just make sure they're actually doing what you're what you said to do. It's like, oh, it's well, they're I, doing it. Mm, I, or guide I would, it. Can you guide it too? I would say guide. I would say it's better to guide and interact than just observe because I think mm. observe. It's more like, oh God, the teacher's watching me. Uh, you know, and and, yeah, okay. and oh no, and then, am I yeah. saying the right thing? Whereas if you like interact looking over with your them, shoulder, kind of yeah. Right, right, uh, and even when I do observe. I will make comments where like uh, the my last lesson yesterday, I had them write down three challenges the teachers face. Hmm. And I was walking around and they were writing down and talking in pairs. And where I would write down, I would say stuff like, oh, that's a great idea. Or, or oh, wow, you know, I never thought of that challenge, but that is a big challenge. Um, and some of them I'd look and I'd, I'd, one of them was the big challenge was uh, students not talking in class. And I saw that and I laughed. And I <laughs> told ironic. the student, I was like, yep, I, I was like, yep, I have that problem every day. Uh, but they laughed as well. So, right. um, but I think another key thing in life and in teaching is I think people tend to feel much more empowered when they feel they have decisions to make. For the mm-hmm. most part in life, not always, but for the most part, we usually have a couple options and a couple decisions to make. I think knowing that you have a few decisions makes you feel much more empowered. Because if I just think, oh, this is my only option, this is all I can do, so I have to do it, that's not really, at least for me, that always makes me feel, doesn't make me feel empowered, makes me feel very stuck. At my first college, post-college job, and actually, this, uh, like, at my first post-college job, I... 
like I felt whatever the opposite of empowered is, that's what I felt because it is exactly what you're saying. Where it's like I would do something, and I, like I feel like it would just like disappear into the ether, you know. Where it's mm-hmm. like, I feel like what I'm doing has no benefit to any part of this company right now. And you kind of feel like you don't feel like you're part of anything, you know? Where it's like, I feel like right. I'm just doing this so you can give me something to do or something like that. And I've had no sort of empowerment. I didn't care about what I was doing. I didn't right. really care about the company just because I, like, I feel like I had no input in what's happening at this company. Right. And not only that, but I think that also goes along with the idea of you need to, as a teacher and as just a person living life, you have to focus on interests and passions. You know, for me, it's a little difficult because I teach a content course, but if I was just doing a speaking and listening class with no textbook, we would only be talking about stuff that students are passionate about and stuff that's kind of controversial and interesting because mm-hmm. I think that really um, gets you thinking and gets you going. Yeah. Um, so and I think that's I really passionate important. about what I was doing either, even if I, like, right. yeah, so that's very true. I agree with that. Right. Yeah, that's a big one. For sure. How do you, Chad, empower yourself as the teacher? Uh, the key thing for me is trying new things and not being too critical if they don't work out the way I thought they would. Mm. So I, I went out on a limb with this jigsaw activity because uh, I have large classes. I wasn't sure how it would work. I, because I'd never done it with my classes before, I didn't know how long it would take. Um, but now I feel so happy that I did this activity. There's a lot my students learn from it from the teacher side of view because we talk about you know why we do things as teachers a lot in my class. So they could kind of see what my thinking was behind this. But also, it made me feel empowered seeing the students interact and work and seeing kind of those light bulb moments go off in class. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's just being able and willing to take risks in my teaching. And, and you know, the the... The key for me as well is I've only been teaching now. This will be, after this academic year, I think it will be my sixth year of teaching, which, which to some people, they might think that's Sounds a long like a lot time. To but, me. But, but for I know a lot of teachers who have taught longer than 20 years. Right. And so for me, it's important to try to also mix what I've learned in grad school and where I know about theories of language learning, how we learn languages, with the practicality of teaching. Right. And, but to me, that's very empowering when I'm able to kind of fuse those two things together, fusing theory and practice you know, together. That's a great point, actually. <laughs> you know, I, I used to talk a lot about how, like, I use nothing from college, like, in my mm-hmm. professional... Not nothing. Nothing. When I mean nothing, I mean nothing from, like, the classroom, really. Like, most of the stuff right. is just learned on the job kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. in those few ex- uh experiences where it's like oh i'm literally using like i know how to do this because i remember doing this in the classroom i love right. that yeah i love oh, that it's a feeling. Great feeling it feels so good yeah <laughs> absolutely it was like oh yeah i remember this in economics like macroeconomics 201 or something like that right like, oh that's crazy yeah and it is it's really great to like it actually is. know that you know something like that well, and that's the thing, I think, being able to apply that knowledge. So I always usually, by the end of a chapter with my students, I try to have them do some activity where they apply that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so a lot of times it ends up being some type of homework assignment, but um, I still think it's really good. And another thing, too, I think, regarding empowerment is you have to have a personal like stake in something, but you also have to hold yourself accountable and be responsible. Because I think that also will give you empowerment when you say, well, this was really difficult, but I stuck with it and I did it. And to Mm -hmm. me, that's a really... But if you don't hold yourself accountable, 
you won't care if you, you know, finish something that you said you were going right. to do. So mm-hmm. I think that's Set a really goals. big key as well. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. And also, though, don't be afraid if you do set goals and you don't reach all of them. If you don't reach them, use oh, that, that as an opportunity. Me. I get so I mad mean, at yeah, myself. It, <laughs> I mean, it sucks, but I think it's an opportunity to reflect and figure out why. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that will make you better for the next time you set goals and you will be able to achieve those. Um, so I think that's really great. In theory. That sounds right. nicely. It sounds nice when you say it. That's for sure. Absolutely. Um, another uh, last thing that I would think of too to try to empower my students is have the students share their work with each other and also assess their work. Now, I will, I will say though, when you do this, you need to make sure your students are, you teach them how to give feedback because not all students know how to do this. And a colleague of mine was telling me she had her students self-assess themselves and each other and they were like super critical and super harsh. And then so she had to mm-hmm. like be like, all right, look, let's take a step back. If I was your teacher and I gave you this feedback, how would you feel? And the students were like, well, right. we'd feel terrible. Um, so you have to teach them. But I think when you can self-assess your work and also assess your peers' work, I think it's really a great way to empower yourself, mm-hmm. get really good feedback. And it comes from a different place when you're doing it yourself and when your peers are doing it. Because I think a lot of times with the teacher, you just view it differently than you do self-assessment and peer assessment. I was in AP English in high school, not to brag. And uh, <laughs> me too, me too. <laughs> and we would start a lot of our classes with um, with grammar sheets. So it would be like mm-hmm. 10, 10 sentences, and you literally just go through and correct all the grammar in it. Uh-huh. And my teacher was like, there'd be say four to eight grammar mistakes in every sentence. Oh, and wow. my teacher was the kind of teacher that would be like, if you get one, if you miss one mistake, you got that one wrong. Like that, okay. you got one out of the 10 wrong. If you miss one right. out of, of like the six mistakes or whatever. Right. And what he would also do is he would then say, all right, pass it to the person behind you or to the left or right of you or in front of you mm-hmm. or something like that. And that person grades it. And it added a weird about a weird amount of accountability slash empowerment for you for me personally and i think most Mm -hmm. of the people in there to make sure they do their best no Mm -hmm. it's different having your classmates see your grade like it's yeah like then just having it handed to you and you can kind of like look at it like either it's great or you kind of hide it to yourself right like it's very different when your class and it's a weird sort of torturous uh like empowerment in a weird way yeah (laughs) i don't i think that's empowerment but unhealthy empowerment I think to a certain extent, absolutely. Yeah, um, but this was like a daily occurrence, so. <laughs> okay. Well, for you, it probably began as torture, and towards the end, you probably just were used to it and it didn't bother you, would be my guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one, people beca- that people definitely became more comfortable with failure. Right. Uh, like, you're not as um, embarrassed by that stuff, and it's you're a little right. more free to talk about these things. Because I think even just talking about failure is something that I struggled with a lot. In, uh, mm-hmm. in, I mean, I fail often. Not to brand. <laughs> no. <But> like, <laughs> even, like, even when you do, like, even on the occasions that I did worse than I would like, it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. You, you don't even want to talk about it. You, like, someone asks, how'd you do? You're like, eh, fine. And then you just leave it at that. But I think being able to... Now, obviously, failure is never good per se and it definitely Mm -hmm. usually doesn't make us feel good but i think if you can use that failure 
as a, you know, I know I'm coming from a very optimistic, maybe even overly optimistic point of view for this episode, but I think failure is super important to use as a stepping stone. You, you know, failure, unless you die tomorrow, failure is never going to be the last like Easy that was check. you failed Flipping and that's the last, <laughs> the last thing you do. I don't, I don't like you putting that out there. So, so <laughs> you know, failure is always just the next stepping stone. And if you can look at it that way, I think it, failure becomes incredibly empowering. I'm not mm. saying you should fail as in don't give it your best effort, you know, just kind of fail because you're like, oh, whatever, doesn't matter. But I think if right. you truly give it your effort and you do fail, I think there's a lot that can be learned and I think it is worthwhile. And it's empowering. I think if you... Yeah. But if you look at failure as, oh, I failed and I'm terrible and I'm never going to accomplish anything, then obviously it's not empowering. But I think empowerment is a mindset. Sorry, go ahead, Jared. No, 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 no. My struggle is just that not the not being hard on yourself, you know, but then, you know, it's like most situations. It's like you got to look. How would how would someone else uh, how would you react if you were asking for the same thing that you made whatever mistake on? Like if if someone if you were asking that for that from someone else and they gave it to you and made that mistake, would you be this mm-hmm. hard on the person that gave it to you? Right. And right. if so, you're and probably we- an asshole. Uh, just <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, we usually are our uh, worst critics. For our sure. Our best or our worst critics, depending on how you look at that. Once but yeah, again. <laughs> absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think another key thing, too, regarding empowerment, not only in the classroom but in life, is... Um, just communicating with people. I think the, especially when you can build relationships with people, I think, and learn from one another, to me, that's also incredibly empowering. Like, mm-hmm. I know we joke a lot about, like, our friendship and stuff like that, but, Jared, you may not realize this, but you and this podcast have empowered me in so many different ways. I know it sounds cheesy. I know no, it no, sounds Chad. cliche. Because I, I understand true. 100%. I, 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 yeah. I mean, it's definitely, in general... Um, you know what doesn't make me more confident? Seeing the downloads. But you know what does make me more confident <laughs> is uh, <laughs> having to, like, is, is having the structure, one, and, like, just having the outlet to speak freely is very mm-hmm. empowering. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Well, Jared, I think another thing about empowerment is surrounding yourself with empowering thoughts and ideas mm-hmm. and music can be very empowering in so many ways and that yes. brings us to our song of the pod today which is by one of my favorite groups called the Abbott brothers and the song is called head full of doubt slash road full of promise bro i love this song i i've heard of the Abbott brothers but I, uh-huh. i've never really listened to their stuff and um i don't know if i would call it empowering but it really did make me like think a lot about myself and about like uh, the stuff we always talk about here about how much I doubt myself, you know? Right. And um, and I I loved it. It was great. I can't believe I don't listen to the Ava Brothers. I feel like such an idiot. <laughs> They're <laughs> awesome. Song. They are awesome. There's there's so much good music I could recommend to you and our listeners by them. If you do have Spotify, just check out their "This Is" section, and every song on there is fantastic. But uh, there's there's a line in the song. Let me see if I can find it really quick. Uh, there's a there's a line in the song that specifically um, made me pick the song for this week. Um, basically, basically, it, it the end of the line is. Um, I'm trying to hear the melody in my head right now. 
the 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 end of the line is like uh, something about so go ahead and be it. Uh, oh, here we go, right here. Um, so it's I believe it's the chorus. Maybe not. I think it's a verse, but here. When nothing is owed or deserved or expected, and your life doesn't change by the man that's elected, if you're loved by someone, you're never rejected. Right here, this is the line. Decide what to be and go be it. To me, when I heard that line, it really resonated with me. It's heavy. That's tough, dude. That's tough. You know, especially someone like me in my head, I have all these lofty goals and expectations Mm -hmm. of myself and plans and it's just like, then the the action part is mm-hmm. is the most difficult part, you know. And it, it is, and all, you know, I can think about all the reasons why I would like not be able to do it and be like, well, I'll get to it this point because you know this part right. I can't do, or this I'll definitely right. mess yeah. up, or I don't know how to do this. And um, yeah, it's it's crippling for me and a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and I think all of our listeners can relate to sitting at home on their laptop or even before we had laptops sitting there trying to write their homework and like the hardest part is just sitting down and actually doing it yeah uh, and getting that action yeah yeah um so i want to read a couple more lyrics from the song because i think that this song is chock full of goodies Please. i love in terms song. of empowerment yeah and it's great and the the abbott brothers are also are just fantastic though, writers they are, yeah. Um, that falls <laughs> on very, me, people. That's my fault. No, yeah. no, no. It's not your fault. But it is very fitting to this episode, though. We do say either something international or very apropos to the episode. Right. And this one is definitely very apropos. I think a lot of... I mean, the title alone, Head Full of Doubt, Road Full of Promise. Mm. Uh, I think we... I think the key with empowerment is getting rid of the... Getting rid of these doubts. And it's not easy. You know, I've, I think I've made things today sound much easier than they are, but I don't mean that any of this is simple. It's not easy right. to empower yourself and it's not simple. But, or your students for that. Too. Right. Um, but so I'm just going to read some of these lyrics. So it, the song starts off with, there's a darkness upon me that's flooded in light. In the fine print, they tell me what's wrong and what's right. And it comes in black and it comes in white. And I'm frightened by those that don't see it. Mm-hmm. So to me, when I hear this first verse... To me, it just reminds me of all these people that didn't make, didn't reach their full potential in life because they just didn't see it. They yeah. were held back by their doubt. And then, and then it goes on uh, right here, which I love. Um, there, was, there was a dream, and one day I could see it. Like a bird in a cage, I broke in and demanded that somebody free it. Uh, and there was a kid with a head full of doubt so <laughs> I love this line. So I'll scream till I die, uh, and the last of those bad thoughts are finally out. And this I is, think this is an these lyrics yeah. are amazing. By the way, I love they all are. Of this. <laughs> these guys are this is a poem. amazing songwriters. This is a, it is just a poem. It is, uh, and it sounds really. The key too with really good songwriting is it sounds good when you read it too. Because mm-hmm. some yes. songs are just very exactly. repetitive, so you can't read it. But this, you could read as a poem. It sounds uh, beautiful really just could. listening to you say it. <laughs> I know, right? Um, it's that podcast voice. No, I'm just um, <laughs> but but the thing is, though, here is uh, and those bad thoughts are finally out. I think it's also important, and a step to empowerment is letting those bad thoughts and those bad ideas out, um, mm-hmm. and not being. I think it's very easy to especially if you're brainstorming ideas, it's very easy to limit yourself by saying, oh, that's a bad idea. That's a bad idea. That's a bit bad idea. But that will stop 
from all the good ideas coming out. I mm-hmm. think you need to just try to let your ideas flow and worry about if I they're good or bad later. Right now. Right, yeah, I'm, I'm talking to you, Jared. <laughs> um, you know, I think I think that's the key, though, is that we are so critical that us being so critical doesn't let us express ourselves freely and creatively. But once you can get to that level, like that's why when I feel bad for Jared because when I send him podcast ideas, I just usually send him a shitstorm of random ideas. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, here's an idea, here's an idea, here's an idea. <laughs> I don't wait. I don't process what's a good one or a bad one. I just send him ideas because I know we'll weed out the good ones and the bad ones later. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's And we key. usually talk them out too, which is, I think also, as you mentioned before, uh, mentioned before, an important part of empowerment is having that other person to bounce ideas off of. Absolutely. Yeah. We definitely yeah. have both thrown each other. I've definitely thrown you some pretty terrible ideas, but we've made great ideas out of it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember one a couple months ago where I was like, this sounds bad, but I feel like there's something here. And I, I, whatever it was, we turned it into something good. And it came out great, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's the thing is that no, there's no... I can't think of an one single instance where the first idea I had was a great idea. That's not mm-hmm. how great ideas become great ideas. Traveling circus? <laughs> right. That, yeah, that was, that was our idea for our initial podcast name was Traveling Circus. Uh, and I'm much happier with Untranslatable Podcasts, me, me personally. Me too. Um, you betcha. But, yeah. but anyways, so we hope the song uh, Head Full of Doubt, Road Full of Promise by the Abbott Brothers will make you feel empowered, inspired, and ready to really uh, carp all those DMs or seize mm, the day, wow. as they say. Yeah. I went there, Jared. I went there. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, now I think it's time for uh, we are language lovers and language learners here. And I have a Chinese word of the pod today. And now I feel like I should have chosen a different one because based on what we've talked about, this word doesn't really apply. But um, the word I have today is duli, uh, which means independent. Mm. And the reason why I chose this one, because as a That's- teacher, I think giving students their own independence empowers them. But yeah, I do fits. think what we've mentioned, Jared, a lot of empowerment comes from togetherness as well and not only independence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. But you're still giving the students the independence to work together mm-hmm. and not, you know. That's true. Yeah. That's how we do it. Brilliant. Uh, that's right. I'm coming with the Spanish word of the pod. And it is very apropos. And it's empoderado. Which I'm assuming means empowerment. Yes, very good, very good. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. The only reason why I guessed that is you told me it was apropos. But yeah, well, I was hoping that's the struggle with a lot of words. I I want I try to find words that aren't um, cognates, but a right. lot like I, I also wanted to use confident, but I've used that before, and it's also right. uh, cognate as well. So right. um, you know, Spanish is very similar to English. It's a, it's a challenge. Right. So now, Jared, I usually come with some jokes. Instead, this week, uh, I messaged Jared when we were prepping for this episode, and I said, be ready for some cheesy inspirational quotes. Instead of cheesy, I found some funny ones. I guess some of them might be a little cheesy, but uh, some of these are good. Some of these are by like comedians and actors. Some of these are just like anonymous ones. So the first one I'm going to give you, Jared, is by uh, one of my favorite comedians, George Carlin, who did a lot of very good and very critical stuff on society and life. And so this first one is by George Carlin, and it, it is, if you try to fail and succeed, which have you done? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's not even, that's not a, a, even a great joke. That's like a great, like, 
uh, mind F of a question. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's a mind fork right there, Jared. <laughs> yes. That is an extreme mind fork. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. My next one is from, I don't know who this gentleman is, but Jeffrey uh, Gittimer. And it is, change is not a, a four-letter word, but often your reaction to it is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I can that's think very of a true. two. I can think of yeah. two two four letter words that definitely I've said when there have been some <laughs> unexpected changes in life. That's for sure. Um, yes. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, oh, there's a Donald Trump one on there. I'm not going to use that one though. Um, that's for sure because that's also not a very good quote. Anyways. Uh, okay. Oh, really? Here we that's go, a Jared. Uh, a diamond is merely a lump of coal that did well under pressure. Yeah, oh, that's a classic. That's a classic. Mm-hmm. Similar to mm-hmm. the American Untranslatable, The Diamond in the Rough. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me see here. Let me find a couple other good ones here. Oh, right here. This is a funny one. Age is of no importance unless you're a cheese. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> that's very jious. It's, but it's, it's true, though. I, I mean, guess that's true. I think s- or wine. Right, right. Or whiskey. Maybe, yeah. A- anything right, that I'm ages sorry. well. Because <laughs> I think so many people are very, uh, so many people are very concerned with their own timelines and they compare it too much to others. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. doesn't matter. Who cares if you're 30 and you graduate college? Who cares if you're 50 and you get married the first time? What matters is you do it at your own pace and you do what's best and what's right for you. Um, and believe- it's different for everybody. I believe it was Mel Brooks. He's like a comedian actor kind of, or excuse me, yeah. comedian writer kind of director. Dude. Yeah. He uh, had a, a quote I remember where he was talking about how, you know, he's in his early 90s at this point probably, or mm-hmm. at least eight, yep. late 80s. And he's talking about how, you know, like think about how much you changed from when you were 10 or 20 to 20 mm-hmm. or like 20 to 30. And, and like how much you've learned. And it's like, why do you think that that stopped just because, you know, I'm 70 turning 80? It's like, he's like, right. if you want specifically to, like that is still happening and that can still happen. Right. And those that growth can be just as powerful from when you're 10 to 20 as you are from, you know, 60 to 70. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And my last one comes to you from one of my favorite characters from The Office, Michael Scott. And he says... He always says things that makes no sense, and this goes along those lines. I am an early bird and a night owl, so I am wise and I have worms. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love that. That's great. That's such a good show. (laughs) Yeah. Check out The Office if you want some very odd ways to become empowered or not how to not empower people. That's for sure. Uh. Um well, Jared, I want to sum up this episode with kind of a, a quote that uh, I don't think either of us said, but I think there were sentiments throughout uh, the main segment today. And I'd like to wrap up this episode with a quote that basically more or less means that uh, opportunities and chances always lie within every obstacle. And when you mm-hmm. understand that and realize that, I think you can really uh, become on the path to empower yourself and empower others. You know, I agree with you. Honestly, I think I'm just starting to understand that being someone that has come through pretty good on the other side of a kind of scary layoff. Right. And uh, I think, yeah, if anything, I'm living uh, proof of that. Yeah. And I and it was so funny because, you know, 
I knew after you got laid off, I knew you would find something good and I figured you'd probably find something better and hopefully be even happier. And you know, I can't read your mind and I'm not inside your head, but I, I do think at least being on the other side that the layoff was probably a blessing in disguise in a lot of ways for you. I um, think so, probably. But it's hard when you're, when you're that person going through that at the time. Right. But I think afterwards yeah. it's definitely easy to realize like, oh, wow, like maybe that was actually good I got laid off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 Allowed me to spread my wings and fly people. <laughs> exactly. And I try, to, I try to keep this in mind whenever something slightly inconvenient happens here in China. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, thankfully, I'm going to knock on wood, there hasn't been too much yet. Um, but, you know, it's just a different culture and things happen here at a different pace than what I'm used to. Yeah. And so you have to just be aware of those things. So it's mm-hmm. very important. So, yeah. You betcha. So we hope, we hope you've enjoyed this episode today and hopefully you have a couple new tools in your toolkit to empower yourself or your students or both, really. Uh, I don't think empowerment happens just on yourself alone. A lot of have times you, there's sorry, a lot of I never togetherness. Yeah. I never do this. You have students empower you? Absolutely. Okay. All the time. Yeah. Um, and I think the students who empower me tend to come from not the compliments. I mean, compliments are always great. Also give <laughs> us some compliments on iTunes or Stitcher with five-star reviews. Love. But um, I, I tend to get empowered from the students that do ask me questions and they're questions that I can't answer or it's mm. where I have to really think. Um, and just improving myself and my seeing my students improve i think is very empowering and it's a two-way street uh as a teacher you are never just stagnant it's not a static role it's a very dynamic role so my students definitely empower me and i'm happy cool to work with such amazing students now and when i was in the czech republic and when i was in the united states absolutely so we hope we were able to empower you you betcha hopefully you can empower us a little bit as well by interacting with us on our various social media platforms, check us out on Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast. Check out our YouTube channel, Untranslatable Podcast, as well for Songs of the Pod. And you can uh, actually watch us and see when we are doing ridiculous things and doing air quotes or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so check us out on YouTube. And lastly, as I mentioned, please five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us I some feedback stop. and let us know how we can make this podcast better for you we would really appreciate it so thank you and as we say here at the untranslatable podcast yakuyame muchas gracias and shisha <laughs>